From the Bob Varley studio, you are listening to The Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for September 24th, 2008. I'm John Magi, and I'll be your host this week. Pete Werner is on a leave of absence to attend to some personal matters, and he'll be back with us in a few weeks. Plastic surgery. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what he's... He's getting a lap band. <laughs> oh, man. I hope he's not listening. Nip, nip, duck. Yeah, right. I'm joined by our Orlando team, Kevin Close... Corey Martin, Julie Martin, Walter Eccles, Will Perry, and Teresa Eccles, who's in the peanut gallery this week. On this week's show, Kevin Close and myself had a chance to tour the models for the newest DVC property, Bay Lake Towers. And we'll give you our impressions on those, as well as some other uh, information on what's going on with that new property. Uh, in addition, he and I attended the American Pyrotechnics Association's 60th anniversary celebration slash presentation on the Seven Seas Lagoon this past week, and we're going to tell you all about that and what went on there. Julie Martin has a store tours for us. She'll be telling us all about shopping at Disney's California Adventure Theme Park out in Disneyland, California. And Kevin Close has a review of Cantina de San Angel in the Mexico Pavilion in Epcot. All that plus roundtable rapid fire and much, much more on this week's show. Um, first, we'll have some uh, housekeeping. Um, my housekeeping is that last week I told a joke and I screwed it up. Was that the Ron Perlman <laughs> that joke? That was the Ron Perlman <laughs> joke. But the best part was Pete still laughed, so I get props for that. Um, I was referring to Lou Perlman, who was the boy band manager who is now indicted on a whole bunch of different stuff. And one part of the thing that he has been accused of in the past is... Um, inappropriately being close to the members of the boy bands. So mm-hmm. I meant to say Lou Pearlman instead of Ron Pearlman. Ron Pearlman pay, played The Beast. Remember that show, Beauty and the Beast? Oh, yeah. With the chick from Terminator? Mm-hmm. Linda Hunt. No. <laughs> Linda she, Hamilton. She oh, was a Hamilton. <laughs> she was a year of living dangerously. You don't even know. <laughs> um, that's it for my housekeeping. Anybody have anything? I have prizes to give away unless you want to do that at the end of the show. Should we do it at the end of the show? Yeah, make them wait. Okay. Torture. Sorry, listeners. That sounds cool. <laughs> um, I do have a piece that I'm not sure where it fits in, so I think I'm going to put it in uh, housekeeping, and that is that Regina sent me and has posted on the site some rumors about 2010 cruises. Apparently, Tracy Whipple has done some investigating, and she's got some information that no one else has, and it's up on the site at the moment. So. Tracy lives on that ship. She should have information. <laughs> she's very, very interested in cruises, so it's yeah. like everything she does is focused yeah. on cruises. Here's what we got, and I'm kind of reading this word for word, so thanks, Regina, for putting this together for us. Um, we, we want to dish some dirt about the 2010 sailings, and that keep in mind that these are just rumors, but we're pretty sure we have them pretty, pretty solid at the moment. The Wonder will be doing five- and four-night sailings in June, July, and August of 2010. They won't alternate. They're going to do two five-nights back-to-back and two four-nights back-to-back. Um, there's no idea where they're going yet, but it's probably going to be some kind of Caribbean itinerary, I would imagine. And this is for all those people who say they want to do a longer cruise but are going to be sad if the Magic is off doing other sailings. Um, she said, we already got a glimpse of the magic being scheduled to be in the Baltics. However, there appears to be a twist as it may not be heading there right away. From what we've heard, on April 10th, the magic will head on a 14-night transatlantic voyage. It arrives on April 24th and begins with an 11-night sailing. On 5-5, there's a 10-night. On 5-15, an 11-night. And on 5-26, a 10-night. Now, here's where it gets interesting. On June 5th, there's a seven night. And the idea is that perhaps the ship will be repositioned again from, say, Barcelona to England. Mm. So it's going to shift from a Mediterranean cruise to a Baltic cruise or some other or northern European cruise. That'd be cool. And then there's going to be 10, 11 night sailings from that point forward. Um, 
On July 30th, it appears that there's going to be an eight-night sailing. And the speculation is that it's going to bring it back to the Mediterranean and go back and do those um, Mediterranean cruises again, alternating 10 and 11 nights. And then finally, on September 18th, the Magic should be heading home on a 14-night transatlantic voyage. So this is all very, very cool stuff. Of course, it makes our heads explode. Yeah, really. Because <laughs> we have to figure out how we're going to put those together for bookings on the website. And those are very specific rumors. They are specific. That's yeah. why we're pretty yeah. confident that they're good rumors. It's going someplace else. <laughs> Would it be too soon to take baby boy Martin on a Mediterranean cruise? <laughs> oh, this is going to be oh, summer of 2010. So yeah, he'll be he'll be in school by then. Be over a year old. He'll be in school by then. <laughs> That's a long time to be on a ship, though. Twelve days. Imagine yeah, all the imagine diapers. That. <laughs> you have to have like cases. <laughs> People love it. People can't wait to do those longer cruises. So we'll see what's going to happen. Should be exciting over the next couple of weeks. Also, we've heard that October 6th, there's going to be a press event from Disney Cruise Line. And that's probably when we're going to hear when these uh, itineraries become announced. So let's all keep an eye out for those. Anybody else have any housekeeping you want to take care of? Excellent. We'll move on to the news. I have two news stories this week. Um, the first is Disney Vacation Club's newest property, Bay Lake Towers goes on sale to current DVC members. Uh, Disney Vacation Club has begun taking pre-construction contracts for their newest property, Bay Lake Towers, which is associated with the Contemporary Resort. I put together a whole bunch of information that we know as facts so far about Bay Lake Towers, and I wanted to share those with everybody. I received a lot of this information from Webmaster Doc on the boards, so I wanted to make sure he got props for helping me put this together and helping me correct what I had wrong. The property will be priced at $112 per point. This is a lot less than we thought about originally. We thought it was going to be like 140 so that's good news to a lot of people. Uh, there will be a $5 per point discount for members and that purchase 100 points at the pre-construction rate, uh, do a pre-construction add-on, bringing the point price to $107. For members who buy during this pre-construction period, there'll be no closing costs, and they have special financing available. Ten-year financing is 10.9% with 10% down, and they're allowing you to put that $5 per point discount towards that down payment. One-year financing will be available at 4.9% with 50% down. That's kind of a lot. That's that's a big chunk to handle. On the 10-year... With that, I thought it was 160 points, too, by the way. No, it's 100 points for DVC members. The 160 points is this special thing they're doing. The first 1,000 people who buy, who purchase 160 points, become part of the founder's thing. And you get your name on a plaque. Yeah, I don't know what they're calling it. <laughs> the founder's fountain or something like it's that. It's the founder's fountain. You get your name on a plaque on the fountain, and that's the first 1,000 people who do 160 points. DVC members are allowed to add on as little as 100 points, but we think that when it goes to the public, it's going to be 160 point minimum. So we talked about this. I don't, I'm, you know, do you really need your name on a fountain? No, <laughs> you <know>? thank you. <laughs> With 999 other people. Yeah. Really. It's going to be like microscopic. You're going to need to break out the granny glasses. <laughs> it's like those tombstones in Epcot. <laughs> Uh, maintenance fees are going to be $3.69 per point. Opening is scheduled for September 1st, 2009, and they're going to start accepting reservations for March of 2009 for Bay Lake Towers owners. They're uh, going to open in September, and they're not going to take reservations until March? Correct. What are they going to do for those four or five months? I don't know. Hmm. Huh. Maybe they'll have press events or they'll have shakeouts or something. I don't know. Uh, room service will be available, but there's no mention of concierge at this point. There will be a lounge at the top of the building called Top of the World Lounge, which will hold 70 people. And availability is limited, and there's a lot of speculation and um, you know who's gonna actually going to be able to get in and all that stuff. So all that will have to be worked out. There will also be an outside observation deck, which will hold 300 people. There'll be the Bay Cove Pool, which is a zero-entry pool with water slide, whirlpool. There'll also be the Cove Bar, 
and an interactive child's play area all overlooking Bay Lake. The, there's going to be that Skyway Bridge to the Caribbean, the Contemporary Resort, which is already, we, we see that, that's being built. That's sort of the connection between the two. There'll be 295 villas, allowing for a maximum of 428 rooms. The lock-off two bedrooms could be used as studios and one-bedroom villas. There'll be 14 grand villas, which will be two floors each, with eight of those with Lake View and six with Magic Kingdom View. We had the point chart up on our site, and there was a typo on the point chart, but we believe we've got the newest one up. I think Regina got the new point chart up. Kevin and I had a chance to get over and look at the models at Saratoga Springs Resort. Um, anybody else seen pictures of the resort before we talk about it? Have you seen those pictures that were put up? Yes, I have. <laughs> there, these. It doesn't photograph well exactly. at all. I tried to figure out how to say it. It, it, it. The photograph looks like a cheap IKEA catalog. I think the uh, the artist uh, the artist renderings of like the, the whole building on the outside look really really nice. The rooms. I, there's been some discussions on our boards about how it's not to most people's taste. I found the space very well planned, very well thought out, and I thought the furnishings were much nicer in person than they photograph. They really photograph kind of flat and cheap, and it doesn't feel like that at all. The textures are nicer than they look in the pictures. The furniture is heavier and more solid. None of it has that I put it together out of a box myself kind of look, and it does in the pictures. And I've heard it compared to an Ikea catalog, and it does look like that in photographs. It doesn't look or feel like that in person. Now, if that modern feel is not to your liking, I've mentioned that I find the Grand Floridian kind of fussy. That's a personal thing. That's just a matter of personal taste. It's not really a a barometer of whether it's good or bad. It's just whether I like it. The furnishings are very modern, very but they're modern, not yeah. but they're not over the top modern. They're sort of classic modern is what I put them as. Um, one of the things I'll say is that compared to the other rooms, the other uh, vacation club properties, these rooms are small. Mm-hmm. Um, we've stayed in Old Key West and Vero Beach and a whole bunch of other places, Wilderness Lodge Villas. And these feel kind of small and tight. The draw to this is going to be those Magic Kingdom view rooms. I mean, you're going to be right across from the Magic Kingdom. You're going to see the fireworks at night from your balcony. That's going to be pretty awesome. Within walking distance of the Magic Kingdom, you know, you're right on the monorail. Those things are going to appeal to people. Those rooms look like a catalog I get in the mail. It's called Elm something. Elm Street. Yeah. Yep. And I would compare it to looking like that. The photographs do. In person, the things seem much nicer. Uh, They've got a mock-up in the hallway, so it's going to look like you're right in. The hallway is a little sterile. It's these uh, multi-level sort of plexiglass panels on the wall. And then there's a bar that goes across. And each room will have a light-up number. It's very general hospital as far as I'm concerned. The <laughs> hallway. I expected someone in a lab coat with a chart it walking is. by. <laughs> and, you, you know, you hear the thing over the loudspeaker, beep, 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 stat, you know, that kind of thing. Inside, it's, it's very sleek and very modern. There are a couple of weird things. In the studio, the bathroom has the tub and the toilet, but the sink for the bathroom is around the corner in the kitchenette. Hmm. So one side of this little, it's a, it's a galley kitchenette, and one side is a sink and a countertop, and there's some storage. One of the things they have is kind of floor-to-ceiling pantries where the whole pantry pulls out, and you'll have access to the entire shelf. However, you turn around, and the vanity for the bathroom is right behind you. So... We were joking, and there were people yeah. in the... It was like you can brush your teeth and make your toast at the same time. Getting ready for the Magic Kingdom in the morning is going to be much easier when you can do both things with, on, you know, by touching both walls. Yeah, I don't want my food in my bathroom. Now, y'all y'all yeah. did the one-bedroom and the studio? Well, they have set up... They have the one-bedroom and the studio set up as a lock-off, so okay. you can see what a two-bedroom configuration looks like. Um, one of the things that Disney Vacation Club properties have done since the beginning is in the one bedroom master bath they put these doors that open sort of like shutters that go between the bathroom itself where the tub is to where the bed is the whirlpool tub the whirlpool tub opens up to the bedroom and for the most part when you're staying there you think okay that's just i don't want to do that i don't want people so seeing you're bathing you. in your bedroom it, pretty much and you know i understand what it's like to have that open space and maybe if you can see outside. It's like a Las Vegas honeymoon suite. <laughs> I can't imagine wanting to take a whirlpool bath. I, I, it's just me. 
In my bathroom yeah. time is very private. I do, you know, you watch these these home shows where people have to have the dual vanity so you can both brush your teeth at the same time. I'm of the belief that if I'm in there, it's my time. <laughs> you I don't know. Don't I, I need... like the dual vanities. Do you? Yeah, but we do normally you... are brushing our teeth at the same time. Okay, that's just weird. <laughs> well, see, we have two bathrooms. Go brush your teeth in the other bathroom. Get out. <laughs> so the idea of throwing open the, you know, the bathroom wall so you can watch me take a jacuzzi... However, my point is that in this room, it actually works. Because in this room, from the jacuzzi tub, you can see outside. Oh, yeah. You could watch the Magic Kingdom fireworks if you had the right view. Nude. (laughs) (laughs) And bubbling. There's the picture you're showing me, Corey. There's also a little half bath. Okay. So it's like a little washroom kind of thing. That's in the one bedroom. The one bedroom. It looked very Disney Cruise Line. That's the half bath. The other bedroom. A lot of this is very Disney Cruise Line. It's it's also very. the bathrooms are very spa-like. I found them kind of elegant, very um, very zen spa, except for that thing where you can throw the, the wall open to the bedroom. I don't get that. The other thing that's kind of cheesy is because these are in a building at Saratoga Springs, they had they've mocked up balconies. <laughs> that <laughs> was funny. <laughs> but they've put these sort of mo- these photographs of what you might be able to see from yeah. your balcony. So you walk out into this very dark balcony, and there's this <laughs> photograph of the Magic Kingdom. It's a little weird, and it's not even hung well. It's kind of like wavy. Right? Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> there's bubbles in it. Bubbles so there. the room itself, the 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 photographs of the view are a little cheesy. I think the artwork is spectacular. I think the attention to detail is really nice. I love the fixtures. I like the details of the natural stones and the things like that. I think they did a really yeah, good like job. Yeah, I there. like the artwork. They did a good job with that. Little hidden Mickeys they mm. put in them. I really think this is, if you saw it, it's much nicer. Whether it appeals to you or I not. I think the is, kitchen looks really nice. What they did with well the stainless steel yeah. and, and the really dark wood. Someone mentioned that you can see fingerprints. When we were taking these photographs, I was pretty much throwing people out of the room. And... <laughs> There were probably, while we were in these two rooms, 30 people. There's tour guides bringing people through. There's people there on their own. Right now, the models are open to Disney Vacation Club members who want to go and see them, but they're also open to people who are taking the tours. So you're kind of battling those two groups of people. They're in the same location as the Animal Kingdom Lodge DVC rooms. However, there's like this secret door. After you see the Animal Kingdom Lodge, you expect that you're going to be able to find the Bay Lake Towers. Well, they're behind a locked door. You have to have a guide take you in, and you have to be a member of DVC. The Animal Kingdom Lodge villa rooms are very nice, but when we're talking about personal taste, they're a little they're a little over the top for me. I prefer the Bay Lake Tower rooms. I find them a little cleaner, a little sparer. Everything was bug netting and chipped furniture in the Animal Kingdom Lodge, like you it's might. All very African queen. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's all very rustic African craftsmen. I carved this just before you got here. Look, so. So, if you have a chance to get over there and take a look at the models, they're very cool. I don't know if anyone's interested in purchasing over there, but there seemed to be a lot of interest. If you hurry, you can get your name on a plaque. Ooh. Our second news item is Disney announces its newest celebration and marketing campaign. What will you celebrate? In an effort to capitalize on the newest vacation trend referred to as Celebration Vacations, the Disney Parks and Resorts has announced their newest marketing campaign with a global celebration called What Will You Celebrate? Beginning in January 2009, guests will will be encouraged to celebrate milestone events like birthdays, anniversaries, graduations, reunions, and more at the Walt Disney World Resort in Florida and Disneyland Resort in California. Some of the new park experiences coming in 2009 for all guests will be street parties. At the Magic Kingdom and Disneyland Park, there will be interactive street parties. Um, The call will be to come celebrate today, and there will be music and food and dancing and a whole bunch of good stuff going on. To the Tomorrowland Party, it will be a high-energy, retro-futuristic music video dance party. Do you think they got enough buzzwords in there or what? <laughs> Retro-futuristic. <laughs> and the features Stitch. Um, the parks will be decorated with colorful banners, balloons, and festive party hats. And you'll be able to pick up those complimentary celebration buttons that you can currently get. At the Walt Disney World Resort, guests can choose from more than 200 experiences to add to a vacation experience. These range from magical fireworks cruises, sunrise safaris, 
Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique Experiences, Character Dining, Kids Pirates Adventures, and much more. At the Disneyland Resort, guests can book more than 50 magical experiences, including my Disneyland birthday party and unique Disneyland guided tours. Now, the centerpiece of this promotion is the ability for guests to get a free admission to either Walt Disney World or Disneyland on their birthday. You have to register in advance on their site. Um, You're going to get a printed confirmation. They'll email you a couple weeks before you're going to arrive, and you show up and you present a valid ID and this printed piece of paper, and you get your free admission to the park. Now, at first, this sounds great. Disney's giving me something for free. However, we all know that there are people who have annual passes, and there are people who are going to have multi-day tickets during this. And what Disney's done is they've allowed people who are going to not necessarily need the admission on their birthday because they may have another form of entry into the park to choose from uh, one of the following options instead of taking the free uh, park pass on your birthday. You can get a birthday fun card in the amount equal to the price of a one-day Magic Your Way base ticket for you to use on your birthday for merchandise, recreation, or fun activities. This does not include food. This is not cannot be used to purchase um, a gift card or anything like that. Disney dollars. Disney dollars. And it says on select merchandise. Select merchandise. Like those little Buzz Lightyear spin things. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what we can't sell. The second choice is a special birthday fast pass badge for certain attractions at the theme parks on your birthday. These are limited and they, it's a whole bunch of disclaimers about how they may not be available. And you can take yourself and up to five members of your party, of the birthday person's party, on to select attractions. The other option is a one-day Magic Your Way base ticket for you to use any time until your next birthday. And these are going to be uh, just for the birthday person to use. They're not transferable and cannot be sold. Also, every one of the disclaimers tells you you pretty much have to have your identification with you. No one's going to believe you if you tell them you left it in the car, the dog ate it, or it's yeah, home. Really. Right. You have to have valid identification. And there's a list of what they consider valid identification. This is just, I mean, at what point do we really need to have celebrations every year? What, at what point do they really need to do these things? You know? I kind of am disappointed in the fact that they've done away with individual park anniversaries. It's. I liked it when they did special anniversaries for each park as opposed to these global celebrations. It seems to me that those are a little more meaningful to people who are, you know, remember when they first came to Walt Disney World or first came to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. So I think those milestones, I like those kind of celebrations better. I'm also not impressed with the things they're offering. These are all things you can do anyway. You can do a Wishes Cruise. You can do a you know, Sunrise Safari. It just seems like they're repackaging all the old stuff and saying, you know, come on your anniversary, come on your birthday. If I'm celebrating, I'm not getting up at sunrise. That's <laughs> really? not a celebration to me. <laughs> Julie will take the afternoon safari. <laughs> I do like the free birthday ticket, but I think it's going to add a whole other layer of headache for the cast members on the other end. Do you feel sorry for them? Oh, People screaming God. at them, it's my birthday. Yeah. Well, you should have printed this out. I didn't know I had to print it Were out. Were you supposed to print it out? Because I registered us all, but I didn't print anything out. I did. I printed it out. It has a barcode on it. But oh. I think they're also going to remind you within a couple of weeks. Yeah, Corey, your birthday's coming up soon. Can we register you? It's, yeah, i got to do it in 2009. 2009 then. Oh. It's for starting January 2009. And this is only for U.S. Mm-hmm. Like, you can only register online for U.S. In Canada. In Canada. I think you stole Walter's thunder. Uh, thank you, Corey. Oh, why don't you go right into it then? <laughs> Perfect segue. <laughs> there seems to be a, a small problem on Disney's website that won't let everyone register for their free ticket. Right now, <clears throat> there's a problem with the birth city and state, and if you weren't born in the U.S. or Canada, it may not let you register for the free ticket. Disney's aware of the problem. They're working on it. They said there shouldn't be a problem. Just show up the day of your birthday with proper ID, and they'll let you in. Huh. It's going to be a nightmare. Yeah, so cast members have to look at a, like an ID from Zimbabwe right. and say, oh, no, this is real. This is fake. Right. What do they do? Not they? that we don't like people from Zimbabwe. We just don't know how to read you know, whatever language well, yeah, they If someone shows up in, in Korean, I mean, what do you do? How, yeah. You know, what I mean? you know how does every cast member going to be trained on what every yeah. uh, government ID looks like unless yeah. you say now you've got to show your passport I mean this is just somebody's going to find a loophole yeah. and they're going to show up every day it's going to be their birthday or get you know, 50 tickets five days on in a row day, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Sounds a little over the top. I want to know what the organized. select merchandise is. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be pretty lame, don't you think? Because I was thinking, okay, I'm going to go have a meal. That's Wrong. what I thought, too. I thought, well, at least you get $75 or whatever it's going to be. Let's all go out to eat. Julie's going to stock up on soap in France. Oh, that's probably would, not. That's it's probably not going to be that because it's probably not going to be partners. <laughs> oh, you know it's going to be the it's crap from the Millennium the Celebration. Say Walt Disney World Resort. <laughs> we have these big globes that are dip dishes or something. Like <laughs> like have big bins in the corner of all the stores. There's right. your bin. Go pick something. <laughs> the benefits collection. <laughs> yep. I mean, you're pretty much guaranteed it's not going to be any of the partner stores, any of the stuff at Downtown Disney that's not Disney owned, and it's not going to have this year's date on it. <laughs> Uh, well, and the, uh, the other part of this, too, is they're doing a traveling tour to promote this. The What Will You Celebrate tour. I don't know. It's, it's all very bizarre. Oh, nice. Like a traveling oh, nice. circus? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> With tonics and... <laughs> but what's weird is they they have it up on their site, and you can click on this big map to see when the tour is coming, but there's no specifics. So it says, like, the tour will be coming to Minnesota on September 21st, but there's no, like, time or place. So everybody in Minnesota is like going crazy trying to figure out where it is. And they're calling each other up on their cell phones. Have you seen it? (laughs) So I don't know. I'm not excited about this. This doesn't seem like it's anything great to me. I understand they have to do these celebrations, but it just seems kind of. And then next year they'll tell us they're extending it. Yeah, really? Who cares? All right. Moving along. Let's do uh, rapid fire. Who wants to go? Well, I think, uh, Walter already went. That was your rapid fire that, that we, was it. we started with? Yes. All right. That was a hyphenate. News rapid fire. News rapid fire. Corey, do you have a rapid fire for us? I do. I'm just going to go over some of the rehabs. I've mentioned these before, but I'll mention some of them again. Uh, the Magic Kingdom Country Bear Jamboree is going to be closed from September 28th through October 31st. Uh, the Hall of Presidents is going to be closed from... Thank God. <laughs> November, what? Country Bear Jamboree? Oh, I hope Hall they clean up that soundtrack. It sounds like... It does, and there's buzzing, like, constantly. And you can hear their eyes click. Yeah. And the, uh, the Hall of Presidents is going to be closed from November 1st through July 1st, 2009. Uh, and your favorite, Kevin, the Magic Carpets of Aladdin, is going to be closed from December 14th through the December 20th. I know, you, I, know, I know you love that, right? It's going to be closed from 5.30 to 7.30 for rehab. <laughs> I've never been to the Hall of Presidents, ever. Oh. Is that like a sin? No. Yeah. <laughs> Get to hear Maya Angelou talk. Well, they're going to close that one to put in the new president, yeah. right? That gives them plenty of time to do that. Um, the Animal Kingdom Primeval World is going to be closed um, through November fifteenth, two 2008. Disney's Yacht and Beach Club Resort, the Stormalay, Stormalong Bay Pool, is going to be closed from January 5th through April 15th, 2009. Sections of uh, the pool will be closed during this refurbishment. Um, guests can use the three other leisure pools at the resort, um, including the boardwalk. He almost said Stormalay. Stormalay Bay. Stormalay Bay. <laughs> Only portions of it are going to be closed. Can't you picture swimming th- swim, 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 thud? <laughs> Into a wall. I think my favorite part is... If you if you want to go use the boardwalk pool, because that's convenient. Yeah, really. <laughs> Get, take Walk. your bathing suit and go over on the, the boat <laughs> to the boardwalk and go down the scary clown ride. But they can use the ones at the beach club, um, like the, I think the DVC area too. I don't know. The um, All-Star Music Resort, the piano pool will be closed from November 10th through November 20th. You can use the other pools. For tuning. Um, yeah. <laughs> And uh, Old Key West, the Old Key West Village Pool slide will be closed from January 5th through January 23rd. And that's it. Excellent. Thank you, Corey. Kevin? I have an update. I was asked to do a college course with uh, Professor David Zanola with Western Illinois University in Macomb, Illinois. And it went really well. It was... um, about a 45-minute class, and I was surprised at some of the questions that were asked. This had, uh, what they've been done, what they've been given as an assignment is to do a restaurant review. And what the professor is trying to get them to learn is how to speak effectively, first of all, to, get, um, to aim your speech at your audience, tailor what you're saying to the people who are listening to you so it makes the most impact, and to be as descriptive as possible to give people the experience. He wrote to me and said that he was impressed with the way I did it and wanted to know how I did it. And I 
tried to explain to him that I didn't know how I did it. It just was how I talked to people. So we had a question and answer uh, period, and they wanted to know things like, did I take notes while we were eating? Did I discuss it with you folks before we actually recorded the show, or was it something that you heard new? So it was very nice. And I'm going to read you the first couple of lines, and this is actually from... Professor Zanola, in my wildest dreams and expectations, I would have never imagined things going so well. I had students asking questions that don't normally talk in my class. I think that's kind of cool. He also says, I could tell by their facial expressions that they were realizing that I hadn't been blowing smoke. Specifically, they would, uh, while they were listening, I apologize, I read the wrong sentence. They, one of the things that hit home the most was audience adaptation, making sure you're speaking to your audience. Uh, Professor Zanola has asked if I would do this with every semester. He's going to use this as a college course or a assignment with his college courses every semester. And would I be willing to talk to people about it? So I've agreed to do that. Cool. Wow, that's cool. wonderful. Yeah, yeah, I think it's kind of neat. There's going to be no living with you now. Uh, there's not. I'm a college course. You are. Now, did they, they asked you questions. What did they ask you? They asked about things like taking notes. They asked about did I... Um, discuss it with you folks beforehand. How did I get involved in this? Uh, and I, I try to explain that when I approach this, I don't approach this as a food review. Someone, um, I apologize, I don't remember who, asked what my credentials were as a restaurant reviewer. And while when I first got out of high school, I did take uh, hotel restaurant management courses. <laughs> I was really bad at it. I was just out of high school. I wasn't interested in what I was taking. This had been sort of I'd been told that this was going to be a good career move for me, and it was just something I was really bad at, and I never finished up with it. I, I'm not a chef. I cook at home, but I'm not a chef. I don't really have any credentials as far as being food knowledgeable, but I'm not doing a food review. I'm not reviewing the chef's skills. I hope my reviews come across more as experience reviews, what you experience with the whole thing. And we do this as sort of a vacation planning process. When there you when you're overloaded with choices at Disney World. I hope this gives you an idea of what to expect as far as your family, what they would expect. We try and give you a broad idea of what the restaurant is like, and we tell you about our experience. So that's my expertise. I go and tell you what my experiences were. Were any of these kids podcast listeners before this? No, but they are now. They are now. They're listening now. They. Um, How big is the class? Like three kids. <laughs> I, there was a bunch of different voices, so I'm going to guess it's a full-size class. I don't know how many students are in the class. If I was in that school, I'd take that class, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think it sounds. I thought it sounded like fun. So, thank you, uh, Professor David Zanola. I really appreciate the opportunity to do this. It was quite entertaining and quite fulfilling to hear that other people were interested in what we do. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you, Kevin. My rapid fire is that Kevin and I got a chance to witness, or not witness, actually go and enjoy, it was not, you know, like a murder or something, <laughs> go and experience the American Pyrotechnics Association's 60th anniversary celebration on Seven Seas Lagoon. We're recording this on Sunday, so this we went to see this last night, and um, it was incredible. Absolutely incredible. We witnessed them from uh, the Grand Floridian. We went out to the marina area in the Grand Floridian. And Just we, past Narcissus. And we faced the contemporary, and the contemporary was in the background. For a good 15 to 20 minutes straight, it was this constant barrage of fireworks. Most of it took place in front of the contemporary. Most of it was low fireworks, and there was a lot of um, you know, sweeping fireworks across the building and, and high ones over the building. Then from the island in the middle of the lake, that's where they shot off the really high ones. So you sort of had this double visual going on. It was almost hard to pay attention. John was taping the lower ones in front of the contemporary, so didn't really have a chance. The entire time that it was going off in front of the contemporary, they were also going off overhead. Corey, you said your sister watched it and didn't think it was all that special. But we found out she watched it from like... I don't know where she watched it from. Like it's one Disney of University. Uh, downtown Orlando or house. It's one of those things that if you didn't have a view of both, it might not have been as spectacular to see both at the same time. It was pretty incredible, and these were fireworks that these were not standard fireworks. These folks went way out. 
Kevin's philosophy was they were kind of um, auditioning these particular fireworks for Disney, showing off what they can do. They had a couple. They had one that was, to me, it looked like almost like a jellyfish. Like the top would go off like a mushroom shape, and then the bottom would scatter below it. So it kind of looked like it was a jellyfish swimming in the ocean. They had um, several that were actual Mickey heads. The, they would they were blue and they would explode overhead and you could see the full Mickey head. So I have a feeling this was really this was them trying to impress right. Disney. There were a couple that I thought were just great. That when they exploded, they were sort of scattered, but then each one turned each of the things that scattered turned into a comet. It had a rounded front and went streaming across the sky like you see a picture of a comet doing. So they were kind of, they were really cool. It was impressive. This was and this went on nonstop. Right. It wasn't like there was a lull or anything. It just constantly they shot stuff off and shot stuff off. There was a lot of people. I was surprised at how many people were at the Grand Floridian. We kind of chose the Grand Floridian for this reason that you would be able to see that island and the front of the contemporary. At the Polynesian we were very pleased that we didn't pick the Polynesian because the wind just happened to be so last night that that's where all of the smoke blew, mm-hmm. was the Poly Beach. If you were at the Magic Kingdom, you would have been at the wrong angle to see the front of the, the Contemporary and the island. We thought this was some pre-planning, but it turned out that we thought we had the best view. Everybody at the Grand Floridian had the best view of these fireworks because of the way they were laid out. It was pretty amazing. It was spectacular. I'm glad we did it. And it was free. Very cool. And that'll do it for a rapid fire. Before you do this, we have fire. Um, we have a video of the front of the contemporary. It would have been very. It would have been impossible to do the front of the contemporary and the overhead fireworks at the same time. So John chose to video the front of the contemporary. So you'll see that it goes nonstop. Will's going to put that up on the site. I don't know how good they ca- it came out. Fireworks are so hard to videotape. You know who knows what they look like. So. But hopefully people will enjoy that. All right, that'll do it for Rapid Fire. All right, and let's move on. Miss Julie Martin has a store tours for us. Julie. It's been a long time, so I'm really excited to be doing this again and covered the two theme parks out in Disneyland as well as downtown Disney, Disneyland. So those will be coming soon, but I want to cover California Adventure first since a lot of that is going to be changing. So this is more for people who are traveling in the very near future. Now, for those of you that don't know, the park is divided up into different sections, so I'm going to go according to those. And the first one we're going to talk about is Paradise Pier. Here you're going to find things that look similar to a carnival. So we have Point Magoo Tattoo, where you can buy fake tattoos and jewelry. (laughs) Um, Manhattan Beach, which I love that. I think it's really cute how they spelled that. They sell your Mickey ears here and all of your other Disney hats, like Grumpy, Disneyland Resort, things of that sort. Sideshow shirts. This is featuring curiosities. It's mostly t-shirts, Disneyland Resort merchandise, and the t-shirts are for men, women, and children. Dinosaur Jack Sunglass Shack is also found here. It's near Mohala Madness. You'll find affordable sunglasses and accessories for men, women, and children. And they do have a small selection of um, higher-end sunglasses that are in a glass case. Souvenir 66 is basically like... um, a souvenir stand, I would call it. It's not an actual store, but you can find T-shirts, hats, magnets, postcards, pins, etc. It's kind of a knick-knack store, I would call it, a knick-knack stand. And then there's Treasures in Paradise, which is located across from Ariel's Grotto. You'll find Disneyland vintage tees, hats. You can find candy here. And then also Hurley, Billabong, Quicksilver, O'Neill, Roxy, and Paul Frank merchandise. Very surfer-esque. You are in California. So. Are these all individual stores, like you walk out of one store into another, or is it like Disney where you, Disney World where you walk through a store in there? Um, Dinosaur Jack, Souvenir 66, and Treasures in Paradise, they're all separate stores. But Point Magoo Tattoo, Manhattan Beach, and Sideshow Shirts, you can kind of walk okay. all the way through. And then also at Treasures in Paradise, they have jewelry, pins, and lounge fly clothing, which is exactly how it says. It's lounge wear. <laughs> Now, over in the Golden State, you have Russian River, which is located right next to the Grizzly River Rapids ride. This is their merchandise store. You're going to find coonskin caps, um, heavy sweaters and jackets, lots of outdoorsy type of clothing, in my opinion. You know, rustic-looking hats and shirts and jackets. And they will have Disneyland gear and California Adventure tees. And then 
uh, one of the brands that they sell of jackets. They're Quicksilver. They're big, thick jackets. And I would imagine in California you do need those at some point. And then they also have stuffed animal grizzly bears, which are really cute. The other store in Golden State is Flying by Souvenirs. This is located right across from Soren. You have toy airplanes and model airplane kits, Soren merchandise, Disneyland hats and tees, cars merchandise, and aviator hats and bomber jackets. And the avi- aviator hats have little Mickey ears on them. They're really cute. I actually saw someone wearing a pair. And the bomber jackets are real leather. They're quite expensive. So, if you have that kind of money, I guess. Do the jackets say anything? Do they say California Adventure on them? Mm-mm. That's kind of odd. Yeah. It looks more like something you'd buy, not as really a souvenir. Something you could use all the time, I guess, if you don't want it to say something on it. The next area of the park is Sunshine Plaza. You have Engineer Toys, where you can build your own Mr. Potato Head. They have train sets, toys from Star Wars, Pirates of the Caribbean, Cars, Wally, Toy Story, and the Princess movies. So basically, it's a giant toy store. Then we have Greetings from California, Everything Under the Sun, Literally every Disney knickknack shirt, <laughs> any piece of merchandise you could possibly think of, they have it there. So you're going to have things like kitchenware and clothing, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas souvenirs, pins, jewelry, frames, mugs, and snow globes. And then right next door, you can actually walk through this shop to the candy shop where you'll find fudge, chocolate, cookies, candies, and all sorts of other goodies. It's a very nice store. <laughs> Greetings from California would be like the world of Disney, mm-hmm. right? But a lot smaller. Then we're going to move on to the Hollywood Pictures backlot, and the first shop is Gone Hollywood. You're going to find mostly things like Camp Rock, Hannah Montana, and High School Musical. Anything you could possibly imagine, they'll stamp it on there. <laughs> and then um, Disney Kids clothes and a Make Your Own Necklace station, which I know can be really popular, especially with little girls. And then since it's Halloween time, they had lots of costumes. Princess, Star Wars, Minnie, Buzz Lightyear, Peter Pan, and, of course, Captain Hook. The Off the Page shop is located right across the street. Um, it's actually connected to the animation studio. Is that what it's called? You know where we went to see Finding, I mean, uh, Finding Nemo? <laughs> Turtle Talk with yes, Crush? Yeah, the animation building. Yeah, the animation building. It's basically their souvenir store. You're going to find your Disney figurines, like Disney Traditions, Precious Moments, and the Walt Disney Classics Collection. They also have shadow boxes with characters or movie scenes in them. You can get your likeness in a crystal. Everybody wants that. (laughs) Disney art, books, movies, and CDs. And they also have a small selection of ornaments and frames. Those little crystal things with the little floating heads inside. Creepy. Pretty creepy. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't have those in my house. That would scare a child, I think. They're very Madame Leota. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Feels like you're trapped in there. And then they also have a studio store, which is similar to Souvenir 66. It's basically an open-air stand. You can find Mickey ears and hats, Disneyland 2008 merchandise specifically, candy, disposable cameras, and film, and then your Monsters, Inc. and Muppets souvenirs. And a Bugs Land, last but not least. They have one little shop. It's called PT Flea Market. And this is basically your pin heaven. Every pin you could possibly imagine is here, as well as all the accessories, lanyards, books, and carry cases. Last time we were out there, that's where they did their pin trading. I'm not sure if that's where it takes place anymore. Yeah, you can pin trade there. there. As well as at Downtown Disney, because they have a little pin station that's basically an open-air stand. But they have tables set up at Downtown Disney, Mm. where you know they they have umbrellas to cover you, and people have their books out, and they're bartering and trading. At least it sounds like this has some different merchandise in specific stores. It does. It's not always the same stuff at every place. Generic one giant store. And, yeah, right. That sounds pretty cool. And I really liked that. It's At first, you know, I thought I was covering a lot of stuff, and it's actually not that much because it is a smaller park, and it's easy to cover the, the items because there's, you know, I can only repeat things so many times. Mm-hmm. So I tried to look for things that were unique in each store. How did you find the prices? Did you find the prices to be like... The same as here. Same as here. The only things that I thought were um, not overpriced, but higher priced would be like the bomber jackets and um, some of your clothing. I bet you that stuff is impulse buys. I bet you that's people who go, I'm going to California, it's going to be warm. And then in in December they go, I need a bomber jacket. It's very Top Gun. (laughs) (laughs) Or they get off soaring and they think they're Tom Cruise. Yes, exactly. (laughs) 
you know, highway to the danger zone. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> you don't know what that means? No. The song. Yeah. Do I have to oh. sing it? <laughs> don't make no. her sing it. <laughs> Excellent. Mm. Thank you very much, Julie, for that report. Hopefully people will be able to go out there and take advantage of some shopping before they bulldoze it and make it one giant mall or something. Make I know. it better. Because I really enjoyed the the fact that it's not all Disney themed. Mm. You know, I like the carnivalesque of, you know, Magoo tattoo and all these different things. It's just a different pace. Yep. It sounded cool. All right, we're gonna move along and Kevin Close has a review of the Cantina de San Angel in the Mexico Pavilion at Epcot. Kevin, what you got for us? We tried to get into after someone actually started a thread asking us to review the restaurant in the Mexico Pavilion. We tried. It's free dining. John and I figured we couldn't get a reservation, so we figured we'll go to guest services and see if they can get us a reservation. And you walked in guest services at Epcot, and there's a big sign that says, there are no more table service reservations available. So we thought, all right, we'll just walk back, and we'll talk our way in. And we walked our way back, and we tried to talk our way in, and we were pretty much stonewalled all the way around. There was just no way to get into the restaurant. So we did the next best thing. We went across the walkway to the cantina. This was unpleasant in every single aspect. (laughs) It was just, it was awful. Uh, I would compare this to the Kmart Buffeteria. This is bad, bad, bad food. And I'm not talking, I didn't have a margarita. The food was it was repulsive. The place is always packed, though. It's always You know busy. something? I think it's because there's seats. I'm not entirely sure. I think it's because there are seats in there. And there are not enough seats in Epcot or something. I can't imagine. I also think it's a, it's a last resort. There's no place else to eat. What do I do? Let me stop here and see what I can get. It's fast food, Haven't basically. Have we eaten there? Oh, yeah. We've been there. But, That's the outdoor place. Yeah, but I don't remember us thinking it was terrible. Well, we were probably starving beyond belief. Had you had any margaritas? <laughs> no. 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 Okay. That could alter your opinion. Uh, you had, we decided you were going to go sit down, and I was going to go wait in line and order the food. Because of the chaos, John and I are usually the type who order our food and then find a seat. This was chaotic. There were, it seemed... Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. And there's one entrance into this area. You have to go through this little archway. And so I decided I'm going to scope out a place to sit because there's nothing worse than walking around with your food and trying to find a place to sit. First of all, I think the person who has designed the screw-down chair should be shot at sight. Those are when they decide this is how far we're going to screw the table or the chair into the ground from the table and the chairs don't move. The chairs are flat wooden surfaces with this arched back, so you you have no choices. You either sit ramrod straight and don't use the back on this flat piece of wood, or you lean back and you're at an odd angle to the table. Also, they've decided that this is how big everybody has to be in order to sit here, so if you're at all Average sized is what I would say. You're going to do fine. If you're a bit bigger than average size, you might be uncomfortable. Uh, The signs, there were signs that said do not feed the the birds and people were feeding the ducks. So (laughs) this area was filled with ducks and Florida water birds and I don't know what they're called. They're the big white birds with the curved bill. We found that area just completely messy and it was so hard to find a chair without duck mess or bird mess all over it. It was, it was nasty. Well, I don't know if it was a sugar rush or there was this little girl walking around and she was kicking the ducks and I said to her, don't kick the ducks. Oh, poor Donald. And she kicked the ducks anyway. And I said, don't kick the ducks. And I said it louder. Until finally, the third time I said, if you kick the duck again, I'm going to kick you. <laughs> so she went over and told her mother that the man said he was going to kick me. And the mother said, why did he say that? I was so proud of the mother because I was kicking the ducks. And the mother said to the little girl, if you kick the ducks, I'm going to kick you. <laughs> so I thought, all right, great. Stop kicking the ducks. Uh, John came back with our food. Let me talk to you a little bit about ordering the food. Okay. The way Disney has set up all of their fast food counters now is there's two lines that go in, 
that you can order from the same person. The person shifts from the right side to the left side, place the order, and then there's an exit where you get your food and leave. At this particular place, the two input lines are on the outside, and the one outflow line is on the inside. So you have two lines of people coming at you, which is just a mess. It's just chaotic. So the last person to order now has to work their way to the back of the line and wait for everybody in front of you to get your order. The second problem is this is not prepared at the moment. This is all pre-prepared stuff. Yeah, little styrofoam boxes just waiting for you. I'm looking into the area, and I see stacks and stacks and stacks of food waiting to be served to people. And I think, oh, this is going to be good. The only thing, the only saving grace was the the I watched them take the food, and I watched what they took the most of to sort of hope that I would get the freshest thing. (laughs) And that's kind of how I ordered. I said, oh, look. All of the salads are gone. I'm going to get a salad for Kevin. Hopefully that that would be prepared at the last minute. It was a mess. It was chaotic. You couldn't hear the person who was taking the order. They couldn't hear you. If you looked back there, it was so messy. They were making margaritas, and they had the thing of salt where they dipped the glass rim in. There's salt everywhere on the counters. The soda machines are worn away. You can't even see the buttons on the soda machines. It, it, it was like a third world country. It was awful. <laughs> it was actually like like I had an easier time and a more pleasant time buying antibiotics in Cozumel than I had <laughs> <laughs> buying food. We did in Mexico. <laughs> we have Mexican antibiotics at home, just in case. We have never used them, but we have fun to have them. It was fun to buy um, Cipro in just <laughs> over the counter. <laughs> um. It's really tough to find fast food in the World Showcase. Like, if you don't eat at Mexico, you have to walk to China and get maybe an egg roll or something, and then which we know is yeah, because I'm not eating at Beer Garden or Summerfest. Well, it's just you know. <laughs> Sorry. Well, John, I, I I didn't even tell him what to get. It was kind of surprised me, and I watched people coming back and the the where you order the food. I don't. I literally don't think you could have fit another person in there. It was that jam-packed with food or with people. And hot and muggy, and I was just so pleasant. So so I was sitting there waiting, and John came back, and he had purchased a Plato Combinacion, which is a chicken. That sounded French, didn't it? (laughs) I don't speak Spanish. I apologize. It was the combination plate. It was a chicken taco, a beef burrito, a quesadilla served with refried beans and Mexican salsa for $8.75. And he brought me back an ensalada mexicana, which was made with lettuce, black refried beans, grilled chicken, cheese, sour cream, and Mexican salsa. I'm going to talk about the salad first. The salad is, there's a dinner plate and then there's a salad plate. The salad comes in a little plastic coffin that's about the size of a salad plate. I'm going to guess six inches in diameter. This is 875. It is iceberg lettuce, but it's not shredded iceberg lettuce. It's leaves of iceberg lettuce. Mm. It's black refried beans, and apparently what they do is they put the scoop of black refried beans on the bottom of the plate and then lay the lettuce on top of that. And then there's some a couple pieces of grilled chicken, some shredded cheese, and you get a little triangular squeeze tube of sour cream and a little Dixie cup with a peel-off top of salsa. When I opened it up and went to put the salsa on my salad, I kind of mixed the salad up. I tossed the salad so that every leaf of lettuce was coated in tasteless black bean goo. (laughs) To, To describe it as unappetizing, it was lettuce in gooey tar. I can't explain it. It just was awful looking. And I thought, this could have been done with just a little finesse. If you had just tried a little bit. Taco salads are one of my favorite things to order at a Mexican mm. place. And I love the big taco shell bowl that you get. I can't right. believe they don't even do that. It, you know, it seems to me that it, it was this was just, you've got to eat, and we're going to serve you whatever slop. The easiest, cheapest, laziest way to do this. This could have pre- been presented with just an ounce of effort. In a much more appetizing way, and paying nine dollars for about thirty cents worth of food. 
it just it was unappealing it was unappetizing the chicken was cold and greasy the cheese the eighth of an ounce of cheese that you get was kind of non-existent it was iceberg lettuce coated in black bean refried black bean tar uh the mexican salsa was bottled mexican salsa in this little you had to peel off aluminum foil lid like applesauce kind of thing and again that was 875 it was just dreadful john got the combination plate and again an ounce of care going into the preparation could have made this at least look appetizing it was a divided styrofoam takeout box and everything it, it was like they threw it from across the room everything was laid on top of each other it was all smashed together you actually had to get your fork or knife inside and kind of peel the pieces apart it, it i'm sorry it wasn't worth two dollars let alone nine dollars it was it, three individual things and they all looked alike tasted alike smelled alike it, you, who knew what you got they could have given you anything was- we, oh, I'm sorry. We also got a bottle of water and a diet soda, and John decided to surprise us with dessert and got bimba nuelos, which are bimbo cookies. I don't <laughs> think that's how it's translated. <laughs> what does it say on the package? It says bimbo, but I don't think that's what it means. Julie, <laughs> what does it say on the package? Bimbo. Peter or Corey? It actually says Bimbunielos. But what does it say above that? That's the brand. Bimbo. bimbo. They're bimbo cookies. Walter, what does it say? <laughs> it says bimbo, yes. Crispy Will? I agree Will what? Right. Okay. I brought you bimbo cookies. Bimbunuelos. You guys get to be part of our restaurant review this time. I've never... Uh, this is like Bob's Dole Whips, empty Dole Whips, except I actually have stuff. I'm scared. Try one. They're huge. They look they, like onion rings. Yeah, they do. They look like giant onion rings, and they are... Virtually, you can share. Yeah. No, you each have to eat your own, and you have to eat all of it. You know I don't eat this stuff. Take a bite. You have to say what it tastes like. Um, these are $2.60. Crunchy. <laughs> Corey's face. <laughs> Man. No, Will's got to get one, too. In addition to this, you could have a churro, and I thought, well, we all know what churros are, and that's not a big thing. This I thought would be interesting to try. They look like... like Walter's face wheel. is best. They do. They look like giant... Fried wagon wheel onion rings covered in sugar. Covered in sugar. And the minute you touch them, they immediately explode in your hand. So, what do you think? How are they? I like them. <laughs> do you really? Yeah. They're not that bad. <laughs> Once you get past the crunch, <laughs> they went up, <laughs> <laughs> I've eaten more. To me, they're nacho chips covered with sugar. I found them to be yeah. tasteless except yeah. for the sugar. They- Aren't sweet or anything except for the sugar. Tastes like an elephant ear. A what? Like an elephant ear? I don't know what that is. A pastry. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I didn't care for the. Well, all right. Maybe it was us. Maybe it's us. Didn't care for him. It could have been one of those things where by the time we had to this point of the meal, I just wanted to leave. I mean, did they actually give you a package like that? They give you this package, which is nice because it's uh, it's a sealed package, like um, you buy in a supermarket if they sold this in your supermarket. So if you do get it, you can take it back to the resort. You don't have to eat it or wherever you're going to go. It travels with you, so that's kind of nice. But I didn't care. Did you like them, Teresa? No. Teresa didn't care for them. Uh, our meal was about $28. And to, com- I, to compare it to Taco Bell, in my opinion, is to discredit Taco Bell. This is, <laughs> this is not anywhere near the quality of Taco Bell. Yeah, I agree with that. This is slop. And I hate Taco Bell. Served <laughs> to people who have no place else to sit or eat is the only thing I can think of. I, I'm embarrassed that people can't take any time or flair in serving people, people their food. This is mass production. And it's just, it's, it's embarrassing to pay for it. It's embarrassing to get it. And I would think that people are embarrassed to serve it. I see nothing redeeming about this. Now, it's been many, many years, but I, I've had margaritas from there. And the margarita line was longer than the food line. <laughs> and as I remember them, the margaritas were very, very good. Overpriced, but you're in Disney World. The food, I, I have nothing good to say about it. 
Nothing. Disney should partner with Taco Bell. Uh, you know no. something? I, I, I can't believe that there's a manager who can't say to the people, even I don't know what they're making. Let's assume they're making minimum wage. It takes just as long to do a good job as it does to take mm-hmm. a bad job. To do a bad job. People should have pride in their work. And instead of standing there and just spooning slop into a bowl and serving it for $9, I'm sorry. This could be done much better so that people don't feel like they're cattle. Were all the desserts like prepackaged cookies? Well, there are, there's a choice of two. The other is a churro, which is one of those long fried dough things. And that's not prepackaged. That comes out of their cooker or whatever it is they have for those. So my review of the Cantina de San Juan on hell. <laughs> I don't think that's a Oh, whatever. Is avoided at all costs. Throw your money in the lagoon and, <laughs> and kick and kick a duck and kick a duck and move on, or, or you know, go to the, the over to the land and get a salad that's at least decent. Or yeah, I like um, that place, the Sunshine know, Seasons. And you know, the food that they served on the Food Wine Festival at Mexico is really good. Mm-hmm. They do mm-hmm. a good job with that food. Exactly, but you know what the difference is. There's a couple of people back there who are actually have some culinary experience who seem to take some pride in what they're serving. Yeah. And you're getting a small portion of decent food. Right. You're paying for it, but you're getting a small portion of decent food. I have to think these are factory worker assembly line folks who are spooning slop into a takeout container. Yeah, let me see how many takeout containers I can stack up on top of each right. other. And yeah. what's funny is there was so much pre-made and pre-prepared, yeah. and it still took me, what, an hour? I, John was in line to get his food for 40 minutes. Mm. Uh, it was awful. And the lines weren't moving, and uh, it was just a mess. Absolute so mess. I haven't, as I said, I will get a reservation for the, the actual restaurant inside the pavilion. However, if it goes like this, you can see it coming. It's a train wreck about to happen. So when we went, it's been years ago now. I told Corey it was like having frozen Jose Ole. And at top at twenty dollars a person. Yeah. yeah. It it's just to I I'm I'm repeating myself now, but this is sloppy, just poor presentation. Avoid it. Just avoid it. I've eaten at the uh, Tangerine Cafe and thought the food was good. I've eaten at the fish and chips at England That's and good. thought yeah, the food like was that. good. I've eaten at the pastry shop in France. And while it's you don't really get a sandwich per se, it's more pastries and things like that. I think it's good. It can be done. They're not doing it here. They're just not doing it. It's awful. Don't eat there. Sounds awful. Thank you, Kevin. And I think we have one more thing to take care of before we're going to close the show. I think we have some prizes, don't we, Miss Julie? We have two prizes to give away. Um, Tara, she did the photo session at the Grand Floridian and gave us a review. So she chose number 36. Number 36. Now, wait, before you push a button, we have cleared out all the good prizes, right, Will? There's only cheap prizes in there? No. Oh, man. Mickey soap from the hotel. Exactly. No, I, I checked them this morning. There's, there's still a couple bimbo cookies. Couple cruises in there. There's, cruises. there's the bimbo there's cookies. Bimbo cookies. <laughs> the bimbo cookies we haven't eaten. You know, you all thought they were okay. I see you've stopped eating them. You want me to sit here and crunch, crunch, crunch throughout the rest of the show? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> all right, let's. So, number what? Number thirty-six. Thirty-six. Right. You have won. A $50 Disney gift certificate, good at any Disney store or Disney theme park. Thanks for listening, and congratulations. Yay. Yay. Those are my favorite prizes. They're really easy to <laughs> award. <laughs> you don't have to use it on your birthday. You don't have to show your ID. We're just going to give Here's it to you. 50 bucks. And then, of course, Melissa, who did the most recent drawing of the podcast crew yes. in our room. Melissa, I want you to know, everybody signed it. It's going in the mail. Yay. Thank you, Melissa. It was beautiful. Yeah, it was she awesome. also chose a 30. 39. 39. You have won a three-day, two-night stay at the Gaylord Palms Resort and wow. Spa, just minutes away from Walt Disney World. The approximate value of this prize is $300. Thanks for listening, and congratulations. Yay. 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 Good prize. Cool. Very cool. Good prize. Um, well, thank you, Melissa. Thank you, Tara. Um, or Tara. Or Tara. Or Tara. Sorry if I messed it up. <laughs> it rhymes with Dara, which rhymes with Sarah. Gotcha. <laughs> 
And if you're interested in how people are winning prizes on our show, how you can get a chance to win one of these prizes, you can write to us or send us uh, or, or call us and leave a voicemail. And if we read your email or play your voicemail on our email show, we take one person from the month and they are placed in our drawing to pick a number from the prize matron. Or if you do a review and we play your review on the show, we will also put your number. We also let you pick a number from the prize matron and see if you can win one of our very very cool prizes. Yeah, the email address is podcast at wdwinfo.com. There's a thread on our boards about the pin and lanyard. Yeah. They want to know where they can buy them, and people have told everybody you can't buy these. You either have to get one through sending an email or something that John mentioned, or come to one of our meets where we hand them out. Yep. I have a stockpile. Yeah, in our garage. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that'll do it for this week's edition of the Diz Unplugged, and I want to thank everybody for listening to this week's show, and join us tomorrow for our email show. See y'all.